It just doesn't make any sense. It seems that the more that we dive into the depth of the following topic, the more one researches this idea, the more mucky the waters get, the more uncertainty and ambiguous the topic gets. It's a topic that on one side, really, the Torah makes it sound like it's the greatest thing on earth. There's nothing better. But then when you look at some other psukim and many gemaros, it is presented with disdain and put down as one of the worst possible things. So in today's episode of the weekly Parsha podcast, with the Almighty's help, we are going to search for clarity and hopefully bring out a practical avenue for us to apply the idea of abstination, of refraining and running away from physical indulgences, to see where we can apply the midah of precious, of abstinence in our lives, and to discover if there is at all a place in 2023 to become somewhat like a Nazir. And right off the bat, this comes from Michtame Eliyahu, this idea from Eliyahu Dessler in his fourth installment of Michtame Eliyahu, and he brings a medrash about this famous Nazarite, a man who has taken a vow of abstinence to not drink wine, to not go and be metame and make himself impure to dead bodies and to not get a haircut for at least 30 days. And the Medrash in Bamidbar Rabbah in 10.11 tells us that he's sanctifying himself down here. God is so happy with him. And Hashem is mekadashim l'ma'alo. He's sanctified above. It's singing the praises of this Nazir. But even just look in the psukim and you see how beautiful the praises are that are bestowed on this Nazir. He has the crown of the Almighty on his head. The Nazir is described as yafli, as wondrous because of his decision. To be like a salmon swimming upstream that as the rest of the world indulges in different taivos, different lusts, this individual says enough is enough and makes a small commitment to forego some physical pleasure. He's called Yafli. He's wondrous because of that. So then I ask you, why does he bring a carbon chatos at the end of his term? A sin offering for what he has done? I don't understand. Isn't he Yafli? Isn't he a Nazir Elikim al Roshai? Isn't he Halig and Kadosh? What business does this individual have bringing a sin offering? And let's get well acquainted with that Gemara in Nazir 19a, Yud Aleph, that tells us that the Nazir is called a sinner. Yes, look it up. And it seems to be because he gave up on a world that was created for him. The Almighty gave us the world to enjoy. And this individual said, I don't want it. A sinner he is called. So is abstination a good thing or a bad thing? Is precious toiv o ra? Let's do it again. Let's ask another question. And what about that famous Toysvis and Ksubis? 
Dafkuf Dalit Ahmed Aleph 104a, that Taishvis tells us before a person thinks of praying to all the Almighty to enjoy his learning, to have success in his learning, to connect with Torah, he should quicker pray that he doesn't let tasty delicacies into his goof. Because it seems like the idea in Taishvis is that those are more of a contradiction to Torah than anything else. So one should abstain from delicious foods so that he can become holy and unite with the Torah that much more. Abstinence equals good. But then what about the Gemara and Yerushalmi that tells us that there's going to be a reckoning at the end of our days for every piece of food that we saw that we did not eat because we were abstaining from pleasure. So it seems like abstinence is a bad thing. And how about Rabbeinu HaKadosh on his deathbed when he held up his ten fingers and he testified that I did not partake in the pleasures of the world even down to my little pinky? Clearly. Taivos. Bad. Abstinence. Good. But then the Gemara Antinus. 11a. Yud, Aleph, Omid, Aleph, that whoever undertakes a vow abstaining from food, Nikra, Chayte, he's called a sinner again, another Gemara. What is going on here? And in case you didn't get it by now, check out this Gemara in Gittin and 70a. The Gemara says you should withdraw your hand from food that you most enjoy. Also, giving off the impression that abstinence... Precious, a good thing. But then there's a Gemara in Brachas that perhaps one knows on 35a, on Lamed Hay Ahmed Aleph, that the world was created for a human being to enjoy after he has made the appropriate Bracha. Seems like abstinence and precious, again, a bad thing. What do we make of all of this? How can a Nazir, how can an individual be so praiseworthy and be bestowed upon him countless honorifics and then be disgraced, be asked to bring a carbon chatos. Baruch Hashem that Rev Eliyahu Desler Zechreina Levracha comes to our aid and he clarifies the topic from A to Z. And it's a good thing because precious done right can elevate us it can bring us into a gedder of Kedusha, but done wrong, abstinence can drain a person of his energy, of his simcha, and can really make the wheels fall off the wagon, God forbid. The answer, cut and dry, is that there are two different groups of people. There are those that have kind of passed the Taiva Yetzirah, They have outgrown all of the petty lusts in life. They've elevated themselves already. And then there's another group of people that continues to struggle and is fearful of being swept away by the taivos of the world. And Rev. Dessler continues. He tells us that all of the Gemaras and the sources that are addressing and telling us that abstinence and precious is a good thing, That is for the group of people that are afraid that they're going to get swept away. So they need to try to balance their indulgence equilibrium to try to grab onto a life reserver and help themselves out. So they give up so that they can 
feel like they have a chance to fight back against the Yetzirah. And on the other side is a group of people that have left the Yetzirah in their dust. They have outgrown it. They have beaten him. And for them, they should indulge. They should enjoy the world because they have taken that courageous leap forward. And now they make a bracha on something and the world is there for them to enjoy. And indeed, in this ideal group of people, the ideal way of life, the Kuzari speaks volumes about this and tells us that the higher a madrega that a person actually reaches, the more physical pleasure he actually derives from the food. And therefore, the more eating, the more indulgence, the more pleasure, the more recognition of the Almighty, the more of the hakara of that this food comes from the Almighty, it comes from the Bayre Olam. This is a beautiful answer from Rev Dessler. It gives us a lot of clarity on the matter, but it also definitely brings to mind the following question, which is that, has anyone ever met in 2023 someone who can, in all truth, testify to their freedom from the Yetzirah? Is there anyone that you know that has just outgrown the Yetzirah? I have yet to meet them, although I'm sure they are somewhere. For the general public, it would seem that for us, abstaining from different lusts and indulgences would be a very smart idea. It seems like that we should take a real strong lesson from the Nazir to try to balance our indulgence equilibrium. Okay, so now let's get down to business. Let's discuss. Where can we apply precious? Is it right to apply precious? I haven't heard very much from Torah teachers from my Rabbeim about abstaining from Taivos. Perhaps some do talk about it. What is the tradition? What is the Mesora about taking on things in the same vein, in the same model as the Nazir? How should one do it? Should one do it? Where, in which areas of life should one perhaps take on a vow of this type? So let's explore. Let's dig even deeper. And my friends, the Almighty has bestowed a gift upon us. He gave us Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzato, the saintly Ramchal, and he gave us the Mesilas Yesharim. And in the chapter titled Precious, from the Mesilas Yesharim, we get even more clarity about when and where to become a parush, to abstain. And here it is. Here's the line to remember, and here's what the Ramchal tells us about when and where to apply precious. Ramchal says that in anything in the world that you need to complete your mission in life, you should take. You should use and you would be a sinner to abstain from it. But anything that you do not need that would be considered extra, a person should separate from it. He should be poirish from that which is not needed for his service of the Almighty. But now we must ask ourselves, in this gem-cutting area of Chachma, where one bad, off, cut of something, something that is too large for us, 
could really destroy a lot of good, we must follow Misora. It is paramount that we follow tradition. And in my experience, I almost never heard of a Rav or a Rebbe speaking to Precious about food or about music or certain areas that are permitted that anyone should ever abstain from them. On the contrary, I actually heard in the name of a Gadol Hadar, and the more you listen, this idea is being preached by the Gedole Olam, that it's better to eat like an indulgent Gentile and to learn the Almighty's Torah and to dive into the Almighty like a tzaddik, like a righteous individual, than it is to eat like a kadosh, to eat like a tzaddik, and then learn like an indulgent Gentile. They would always preach, throw precious away in the area of food and music. We need the simcha. We need the happiness. We need the energy for the things that are more important. For the Torah, for the mitzvos, for the tefillah. I have further never witnessed any drusha by any of my teachers in the area of abstinence from food. And how about that famous topic of music? As the Gemara actually tells us, that music brings simcha and therefore we should refrain from listening to music nowadays because after the temple, the Beis HaMikdash has been destroyed, we should refrain from, according to the Rambam, having music and meet together. Other Rishonim just say music at all times or live music, different opinions, but music should be abstained from at some level. But it is well known that the stipler Paskind, that we live in modern times with a level of depression, of always needing to be cheered up, and therefore music is a mutter at all times and all places except outside of Sephira and the three weeks. And So this all leads us to where is the makim? Where is the place for us to apply this midah of precious that we find in our parsha by the Nazir? With that, ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you an idea that I'm very excited about, I'm passionate about, I am bullish about, because I heard it with my own two ears from a Gadol Israel. It is the place to apply precious, and in this area to apply abstinence is perhaps the most accessible and perhaps detrimental area of life. This area of life this item, this category can also be the most helpful and powerful thing in our lives and yet also tremendously destructive and cataclysmic. So proceed with caution, but keep this idea in mind and it will clarify the topic and help us to reach new heights. Precious should be used in the area of technology. It's no secret that this is at the forefront of the conversation in the Jewish world because it has wrecked havoc on so many of the Jewish homes. It has caused so many car accidents, literally. It has broken its way into the sequestered Talmidei Chachamim sitting inside of shuls and yeshivas trying to learn, yet distracted by the smartphone. The technology, on the other hand, makes life so much easier. It saves us thousands of hours 
of time. It enables the spreading of Torah in ways never seen before. So here's the approach of precious and technology that one should keep in mind. Every new day literally comes a new advancement in technology. And it's becoming harder and harder to push the technology out of our homes, at least the problematic parts. And if you listen to the tune that the Gedolim are singing, it used to be a big gathering in a baseball stadium to talk about how we must prohibit the use from any technology. And now they're singing a very different tune saying, there's no escaping it, it's here, but we must learn how to filter it and use it only in the right times, in the right places. Precious in technology is very, very well what will secure your olam haba or send you your day duma. And the advice that I got was when I spoke to a gadol about setting up my podcast. Should I bring the Torah to social media? Should I share it on Instagram and Facebook? And after all, all the more spreading of being Marbit's Torah, the better. The psak, use what you need and get rid of everything else. You need internet, so you got to have Wi-Fi. You need a computer so you can access information that you need to upload the podcast. Get the computer. You need the phone in order because you have to do business and it must be done this way. Or maybe you could do it on an iPad, do it that way. The technology that you need, you need. And everyone at their own level. Some can admit that they don't need it. Others, of course, do need it. They might need more. But then came the rebuke. But do you need the open world wide web? Do you need a billion websites and all of the perverse behavior that goes on on the internet to be brought into your house, to be brought into your life? You need that to run the business? Filtration, filter the computer. Precious in what you do not need. Remember that Ramchal, take what you need and get rid of what you don't? You don't need more than these 100 websites. The rest, get rid of. Precious, proper precious. What about your most important asset, which is your time? How often does one raise his head from the computer to look at the time and find that he has wasted away precious minutes of his time doing something that really wasn't all that important? Precious, proper precious is set up limits on your devices to be able to use it for what you need it for, but get rid of everything else. It can easily be done. Even in the software of the phones, they give you this ability to set timers on your phone to use it only at specific times of the day and nighttime for certain extended periods of time. It'll turn off after a half hour of usage. I don't know why that this is used for kids. I never understood that, that things are mutter when you become an adult, as if that's PG-13, now you've reached an age of adulthood, so now let the people sin. It's backwards. I would posit that if the kid is under 20, maybe he's not obligated on his sins, he's not going to be held accountable, but everyone above 20, let's make it PG-20, and if you're under 20, go and watch, and if you're above 20, filter your computer and get it out, because now you will be held accountable. This Gadol told me, what do you need to run the podcast? And we had this checkbox next to what we needed. 
Oh, and you need to be on a social media. Can you do it on WhatsApp? Okay, do you need to have Instagram? And there's a difference between that and Facebook. And each thing should be done if you need it. But proper precious should be enacted and taken into account. You went app by app. Do you need this? You need it, then you should have it. It's a mitzvah to have it. The Almighty gave it to you to fulfill your mission. You don't need it? Precious. So let's bring everything together here. We have Reb Dessler who tells us that abstinence and precious and acting like a nazir is practical and should be done for someone who has yet to outgrow the evil inclination. Okay, so most of us find ourselves in that category. Number two, where to apply this? The Ramchal tells us that anything that you need, you should use, and everything that's extra that you don't need, you should forsake, forego, and get rid of, you should abstain from and separate from. And where to apply this? That's where we said that tradition, that misora, is imperative. And the Gedolim are not telling us to abstain from food. They're not telling us to abstain from music. They're telling us to abstain in the right areas from this vicious and brutal distraction called technology. It's not even that hard. You don't have to give up anything that you need. And you know what? You're yaffly, you're wondrous, you're wearing the crown of the Almighty on your head, you're kadosh. And you know what? Let's make it even easier. The Nazir, he only did it for 30 days. He didn't even give up meat or chicken or a meat board or sushi. He gave up just wine and a couple other things like haircuts and I guess the taiva to become impure, unsure about that one. And after that, you know what the Pasuk says? That now he should go after 30 days in la'acher yishter hanozer yayin. And now afterwards, the nozer should go and drink wine. And my Rosh Shiva asked, he's not a nozer anymore. He's done. This is just a regular Adam. His 30 days are up. It's wine drinking, partying time. No, he's forever a Nazir. Because when a person does something positive like this, he gets the clarity and he takes the leap, even on a couple things for just 30 days. You're forever a person that took upon themselves the oath, the vow of abstinence to become a Nazir. And you live with that title, even after you have begun to drink wine again. After 30 days, the Nazir drinks wine. And friends, the joke is on us. Because when we learn to be porish, to separate from that which we don't need in the world of technology, we have more peace. We have more time for a lot of the things that matter. When you get rid of the apps and the websites that you don't need in life, all of a sudden, there's time to go for a walk with the kids, to ride a bike, to play ball, to take your wife out. There's time to be more productive. There's all of a sudden time to learn Torah. All of a sudden, a family is happy all of a sudden. With Chizak Beriche, Sha'oraich, Beirach, Boinaich, Bekir, Bechwen, there are strong, robust walls and boundaries in a home. 
Then Beirach Boinayach Bekirbech, the kids are blessed. The home becomes elevated. So the joke's on us. Separate yourself from that which you do not need to fulfill your tafkid, your mission on this earth. And when you do that, you'll find peace. You'll find tranquility. You'll find more time. And now you're living your best life.